Welcome to An Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Emmett Joe Jackson. And thank you, bank robber. We're looking at Inside Man. <laughs> for better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how you doing today? Jeff, I'm well. I I would like to take this moment uh, for uh, uh, to clear something up. Oh dear, please. Um, we have had a couple of listeners give us some guff oh. for never having seen Greece too, and this I is would true. like to say to set the record straight. We have now we've now watched it. Greece too, and I will never be the same. Once again, MVP Eve Arden and Blanche. Oh my god! Don't gosh. remember the actor's name, but uh, her and Blanche. Just and Blanche, great, her, great, great, great like, double act. Stir, it's not stirring, cranking, cranking. Yes, her cranking, the, like the emergency the drill. Nuclear... The, yeah. <laughs> I just, just scream, Blanche. <sighs> um, not one song forwards the plot. Cool writer is maybe the closest mm. to doing that, and no. then they're like duet. You didn't, you didn't think reproduction forwarded. The plot. I don't know if I've ever I, I screamed think, I think it, so loud in laughter watching a film as I watching think, that scene. I think scene. it forwarded uh, some p- p- people that were too young to be watching Grease too. It forwarded some of their uh, libidos and like yes. sexual education Did in, it in a strange, any plot harmful way. No, mm, uh, no. Where does the piston go? I yeah, it's something. Literally yes. howling. Yes, yes, yes. So, for those of you listeners that were giving us some guff about never having seen Grease 2, thank you. We're so glad that we watched it. Thank you for bullying us in the we appropriate ways. I hated every minute of it. No, but five out of five stars. Hated and loved every. Exactly. Like, yeah. it was so terrible, oh, and yeah. I'm so thankful to have seen it. I agree. Could you imagine if this is actually an old switcheroo and we were actually doing Grease 2 today? <laughs> but don't worry, listener, we're not. We're no, doing no, Inside no. Man, which is a crime drama mystery that came out on March 24th, nice 2006. Segue, Jeff. I crushed it. Thank you for not interrupting me for that flawless <laughs> transition. To March 24th, 2006, N was directed by Spike Lee and written by Russell Gewertz. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Inside Man? Had ne- you seen it before? Never had I ever seen it. Never have I ever seen Inside Man. Uh, and that is my, my and that's experience. Just, that is your story. And I've seen it. this one time in theaters, uh, which I enjoyed, but just never... Never thought to revisit it again, but I'm so glad we're doing it for the podcast today because I had such a blast we rewatching it. It is hard now because I've watched so much of Money Heist, aka mm-hmm. El Casa del Papel, the much, much better much original better title. title. Um, but Money watching this, heist. I was like, wow, what a, this is a pre, that's it. That's the whole <laughs> twist. That's all the heist compared to like Money Heist. We were like, well, yeah, over, you know, 14 hours worth of television yeah. where uh, we really got to draw out the twists and turns and betrayals and double crosses and whatnot. But Inside Man don't got time for that. Inside Man is time for Denzel being awesome, Clive Owen trying to be American, <sighs> uh, Jodie Foster having a blast. And how many times did I say, but who's the inside man? So many times. <laughs> so, many so many times. You're waiting for like, well, who? Well, one of them has to be the inside man. Like, Let's fulfill the title, Is it please? him? Is it her? Is Denzel the inside man? What's I going did, on? I did at one point say... <laughs> Is Denzel the inside man? Well, let's get right into that synopsis and let's find out who it. indeed is the inside man. Mm. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Inside Man or you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. A man named Dalton Russell sits in a- I'm Dalton Russell. <laughs> I'm a Dalton totally Russell. Totally American. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Look, I love Clive Owen. Let, let's set the record straight. I love Clive Owen. But some American actors, accents are yeah. not his thing. No, and that's and- 
That is fine. So Benedict Cumberbatch, not his thing. No, Don't and make he's also him be great. American Doctor Why Strange. Why couldn't Clive Owen have be been British? Yeah, why couldn't he be a Brit? Why couldn't he be a Brit? Exactly. Even, you know what? It could be, maybe that's even more hilariously uh, unintentional, but if he is like doing a British accent the whole time and at the very end you realize oh. he's actually American. Now we're talking, speaking of Greece too and accents. <laughs> no, because that's good. I swear, we will, listener, we will stop talking about Greece too. <laughs> One day. Far in the future. Um, ten, ten, ten things you didn't know that Grease 2 and Inside Man have in common. That is absolutely a dumb YouTube video that I would watch eight minutes of. Yes. Um, no, but tr- but a name like Dalton Russell also mm-hmm. sounds like, yeah, that's weird enough to be British. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, sure. Dalton Russell. And it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. There at the Big, end, you exactly, know? Exactly. Yeah, him, him just passing him at the bank and checking his shoulder. Then he could just be, like, real American. Even if that's the And the that's actually really smart if he's, like, trying to be in disguise. Right, exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Anyway, a man named Dalton Russell sits, which, I mean, we also hoped that, uh, because we were, you know, for some for some uh, British actors and or Australian or whatever, it's easier when doing an American accent. It's easier to do some a specific dialect, like a pitched, regional exactly, accent, exactly, like pitched towards like a Brooklyn. It's, that's why a lot of Something. a lot of people a lot of people do like always. Like, it's always like a, a real Brooklyn, like tough guy accent, regardless of what they're doing. Or it's like a, you go southern because and, it's easier to drop an R to do what is called. Listen, I'm gonna drop yeah. some dialect knowledge right here. It's called a non-rotic accent. Whoa. Roticity is the degree of R coloring that a particular accent has a general american accent like i'm using has roticity our color but like a lot of british accents a lot of brooklyn accents a lot of southern accents drop the r's mm, yeah. and so that's why it's easier for brits to do those also anything that's more extreme is just easier to do rather than like i'm trying to do this middle of the road thing and i'm not doing it very successfully right and roticity chicken how is that different from? <laughs> oh you've been sitting on that since i said roticity <laughs> i don't know what you mean um but the point being like let let him be a little either from brooklyn or more entertaining let clive owen be root and toot and russell because like my name's dalton russell and i choose my words carefully and i don't repeat myself instead of putting on a yankees cap later he puts on a cowboy hat i'm inconspicuous because i'm rooting to i I really thought you're gonna say instead of putting on a yankees cap you put on a confederate cap but uh, i like yours much better no that's Uh, not where i was going with that he puts on a Dallas Cowboys hat. Oh, there you go. He puts on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> because Perfect. we all know For Root and that, Toot and Russell. Yeah, football teams. Yeah. That's what you do. Exactly. Uh, old Root and Toot and Russell sits in an unidentified cell and narrates how he has committed the perfect robbery. In New York, masked robbers, led by Russell, dressed as painters, seize control of a Manhattan bank and take the patrons and employees hostage. They divide the hostages into groups and hold them in different rooms, force them to don painters' clothes identical to their own... Money Heist does very something, something very similar, but also has them all wearing uh, Salvador Dali masks, which is a fun. I it's love also, that. I was like, they're just in these like painters' clothes and hoods. Like, I want wacky masks. Have them all dressed as it's just I don't know, like Mr. A Peanut Gator. You know, yeah, like yeah. we've seen these days. Sure. Or um, I don't know, like uh, everyone's dressed like Snoopy. Everyone's got a Snoopy mask. <laughs> It's it's like uh, Heath Ledger, everyone coming in as clowns. As the clowns, exactly, you know, exactly. Like, oh wow, I'm terrifying, confusing, yeah. and upsetting you. Ex- but no, yeah, they're right. just like we're just gonna pull these up over our noses, just pull them over the, the noses. I wanted some wacky masks, and yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, they divide them up, and then the robbers rotate the hostages among various rooms, and occasionally insert themselves covertly into the groups. Now that's a good move. 
providing a great alibi for later. They also take turns working on an unspecified project involving demolishing the floor in one of the bank's storage well, rooms. What are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. Huh? What? Police surround the bank, and detectives Keith Frazier and Bill Mitchell take charge of the negotiations after some friction between Frazier and Captain John Darius. Russell demands food, and the police supply them with pizzas, whose boxes include listening devices. So sneaky. The Ooh. bugs pick up people speaking Albanian, but it turns out to be a tape recording as the robbers anticipated the attempted surveillance. Nice try, Denzel. When Arthur Case, chairman of the board of directors and founder of the bank, learns of the robbery taking place, he hires fixer Madeline White to try to protect the contents of his safe deposit box. White arranges a conversation with Russell, who allows her to enter the bank and inspect the contents of the box, which include documents from Nazi Germany. <gasps> Twist, surprise, Nazi movie. Russell implies that Case started his bank with money that he received from the Nazis for unspecified services, resulting in the deaths of many Jewish people during World War II. White tells Russell that Case will pay him a substantial sum if he destroys the contents of the box. I also love that Clive Owen, this whole movie, he's like covered up for so much of it, like out of the way of like the hood and the shirt pulled up yeah. and the sunglasses. In this big scene with Jodie Foster, they put him behind the bank teller window bars. They're they're covering up even more. I have a note where I've mm -hmm. written, what a shame to cover up such a beautiful man for so much of this film. <laughs> like the first shot and the last shot being that of him, not the last shot, but you know, like the beginning of him being like, my name is Dalton Russell. And I was like, if I just tune out this accent and look at those beautiful eyes, this is fantastic footage because I don't get it the rest of the film. Do you think Denzel was just like, no, 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 I'm I'm the handsomest person on set here. So uh, Spike, I, I know that in the original script, like he ne nothing covered his face. He didn't care. He was uncovered the whole time. But I'm going to need you to cover up the mouth, the eyes. The Actually, uh, Clive, buddy, loved you in Closer. Such a great up and coming actor here in Hollywood. Um, but look, I'm gonna need you to put this Garfield the cat mask on top okay. of your entire entire this face. Is, this is a story well known to like musical theater people in New York, but like I'm good friends with Nick Adams who went into the um he went in as a replacement for the Broadway company of the Chorus Line revival at the same time or shortly before Mario, Mario Lopez. Lopez. A.C. So, Slater okay, himself. Listen, oh, dear. Oh this dear. is incredible. So yes. I've known Nick yes, since yes, we were yes. like 17, 18 because we went to college together. And so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sitting at that Starbucks on 43rd and 8th. All the tables are packed. You might as well be sitting at tables. You've been like, let's scooch in together so we can talk. I'm sitting reading something for a class. And I hear these two people talking. And one of them is someone who was in the company mm -hmm. and was leaving. And I won't say their name. But he's gossiping with his friend saying like, that he heard that Mario Lopez came in and Larry, who's the like ass associate choreographer mm -hmm. in the show, which is who Nick was playing, always wears like a shirtless like tank top. That's just the costume. A, a sleeveless. Sleeveless. sleeveless thank yeah. you. Shirtless. Yeah, of course. Well, and because Nick Adams has an in incredible body in general, he but incredible arms. He's Broadway's guns. biceps. Broadway is that, is that what biceps. Referred to as many. So, well, he was certainly for at, at this sure. point in his yes, career. Yes, great, great, great. So, Priscilla. great. He's got the big biceps. Biceps. Sleeveless. That, like tank you know. Top. Yeah. Tree trunks for band. arms. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So anyway, apparently, like, this guy is, like, talking to his friend and, like, and I heard that Mario Lopez came in and said, I'm going to need him to be wearing a hoodie. And I had to stop myself from going, no! Like, just, like, stopping it. But that happened. It, it, it became an article in page six of the post. I know you're auditioning to be a, a, a member of a chorus line, so it wouldn't make sense. But I, we're going to have to put you in this big uh, parka. You're, you're going to be in this big, uh, like... 
like like you know, you know what people wear when they're trying to like go, when they're investigating they're exploring the South Pole you're gonna be wearing that that's what I need you to do so the choreography can really like shine yeah, that's exactly. what I need is to not be able to see exactly. any muscles articulated exactly. whatsoever right. but I Clive thought Owen, that was I'm, hilarious I'm so sorry Clive Owen your costume now is gonna be this uh, formless tarp you're, no eye holes I'm so yes, sorry we're gonna put I'm you so sorry and actually for this shot if you could hop in this box we're just gonna tape this box up real quick <laughs> the camera is pointed at the box so it's still the camera's on you but uh uh, we're going to really need you to cover up And that Clive's like, I'm an actor. All I've wanted is to no longer be objectified for my beautiful face. <laughs> Every actor's dream. Slap a Garfield mask on me and put me in a box. Throw me in the river. Put me in an accent. I could be anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Frazier demands to inspect the hostages before allowing the robbers to leave, and Russell takes him on a tour of the bank. As he's being shown out, Frazier attacks Russell, but is restrained by another of the robbers. Afterwards, he explains that he deliberately tried to provoke Russell, all rooting to it in Russell, and judges that the man is not a killer. However, this is seemingly disproven when the robbers execute a hostage. The execution prompts an emergency services unit team in action led by Captain Darius. They plan to storm the bank and use rubber bullets to knock out those inside. Frazier discovers that the robbers have planted a listening device on the police. Aware of the police plans, the robbers detonate smoke grenades, remove their disguises, and exit the bank with the hostages. The police detain and question everyone, but are unable to distinguish the identically dressed hostages from the robbers. And it it gets real big little lies. Then it's when they're like big interviewing lies. everyone, they're like, "Well, I don't know. He was like this." And you're like, "Who's telling the truth? What Whose happened? perspective do I agree with? What even was the crime? Exactly. What even was the crime? Let's get to the final app before we find I out. Know, which is also kind of similar for this because it's that's true. you know they're they a search of the bank reveals the robbers' weapons were plastic replicas. They find props that show the hostage execution was in fact faked and no money or valuables appear to have been stolen so with no way to identify the suspects and unsure if a crime has even been committed fraser's superior orders him to drop the case fraser however searches the bank's records and finds i love this last like 15 20 minutes where he's mm -hmm. like now doing some real detective work where normally you're like the movie ends when the heist ends that's the movie and now yeah. he's, he's doing some sleuthing he's like i'm done negotiating and now i gotta do my real detective i gotta take my my tan hat that matches my beautiful tan suit <laughs> oh his suits are incredible and like pull it down over my eye like a real sam spade and oh, figure those, this out his bow tie that he's got and that like come on and that second uh second outfit so good just chef's kiss Frazier searches the bank's records and finds, that, which I, it's, you know, it's Frazier with a Z, but I always just think of Dr. Frazier Crane uh -huh. uh, having to negotiate with this, this bank robbery. Just so irritated. Uh, I ordered a cappuccino. <laughs> uh, Niles. The second, second, yeah, that'd be his second command. David Hyper, Kelsey Grammer, and David Hyper as Frazier and Bill, these cops. I mean, oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very different film, but. I also am interested in seeing that version. <laughs> that makes one of us. Um, <laughs> you get David Hyde Pierce in here, sure. David Hyde Pierce, I don't know where he'd be. There's no role for him, but I, I do love that. No, but in the musical comedy version of Inside Man. Oh, sure. Inside sure. Man! Exclamation point. Oh, then we're talking. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, Frazier searches the bank's records and finds that safe deposit box number three nine two has never appeared on any records since the bank's founding in 1948. He obtains a search warrant to open it and is confronted by White, who attempts to persuade Frazier to drop his investigation, but he refuses, playing a recording he had surreptitiously made of an incriminating conversation that had taken place earlier between the two of them. Now, this is a real uh, Zootopia situation <laughs> uh, where I was like, oh, is that where they got the idea for that 
recording carrot. It is <laughs> exactly where they got the idea. Remake Zootopia with Jodie Foster as Judy Hopps and Denzel as Nick Wilde. Come Make on. it happen. Um, although I guess technically it would be Denzel as Judy Hopps. Denzel is a tiny little bunny cop and uh, Jodie Foster is a, is a big old mean uh, con artist fox. Which, I'm you know what? Mad why about not? It. <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, White confronts Case, who admits that the box contained diamonds and a ring that he had taken from a Jewish friend whom he had betrayed to the Nazis. Say it ain't so, Captain Von Trapp. I know. Uh, what a great thread. I have a note about it being like, this is this is very satisfying. Could you imagine because... if this was a surprise a twist sequel to Sound of Music and then he turned out to just be a royal POS? The thing is, historically, <laughs> Von Trapp died before or shortly after they reached America. Of course. I forgot, I forgot that it was read, based on a real If you have family. read Maria course, Von Trapp's uh, memoirs <laughs> like I have, oh, well, you know this. Well, you sure showed me. I sure did. Uh, Russell repeats his opening monologue at, while hiding behind a fake wall the robbers had constructed. Well, well, luckily, he's hiding behind a fake wall in, in, in the situation, but in the shot, we get yes. the whole face. You get the, you, get, you finally see him. That beautiful that face. face, them eyes, them haunting eyes. I know. And I, how long has he been hiding in this room? Like, I think a week, I think a right? Week. So yeah. clearly he's gone mad because now he's talking to the wall, really, where he's monologuing to nobody, just saying, like, I'm, I'm rooting to and Russell. Rootin I'll choose my words Russell. carefully. I committed the perfect crime. Uh, there's no one in there. He's talking. To, it's not, he's not talking to anyone. He went He went crazy in that week. Mm. Was it worth it, rooting to and Russell? Question mark. Question mark. Um, but yes, he. they had constructed a fake room inside behind the bank's supply room he emerges a week after the robbery with the contents of cases and you realize he's he was the, the inside, inside man, man the whole but it time means that he just lived inside the bank <laughs> he just lives inside the bank now could you imagine his real twist is like and now i live here forever <laughs> these diamonds are gonna do me a whole heck of a lot of good when i'm the cave dweller inside this beautiful well bank. i just like i just like diamonds i didn't want to sell them i just wanted to roll around he emerges a week after the robbery with the contents of cases safe deposit box including incriminating documents and several bags of diamonds on his way out he bumps into fraser who does not recognize him he exits the bank and enters a van filled with his co-conspirators. And when some of whom we'd only seen as hostages, it was a nice reveal. Yes, I think like the woman in particular who had been the woman on the phone in line at the bank who was talking too loudly. And she's like, oh my gosh, I just got like chastised for talking too loud. Um That no, no. Is that not her? No, that, that the, the, it's the other woman. She's because there's like the big the whole thing where uh I forget, I forget, like, what did I violate section uh, 32 double D? Because it's yes. like her and the other woman are the only ones that oh, have. Oh, I thought but no, that was they the same all, person. No, no, no. They all enter They all enter in the painter's overalls. That That's the whole reason, because there's only two minutes on the video where there's no, there's two minutes where there's no video. Right. And in that time, they're like, technically, some of these people that we can't spot in the video could have come in in those two minutes before the other bank robbers came in, but no, no, no. She is not. She looked the very similar then one on the phone. To, to the one on the phone. Hence the problem. And that is that. Well, do we call that a problem in casting or a solution, a solution in, bank, in robbing? bank robbing? I can't be both. See, can't look, they fooled both. me, comma the viewer. <laughs> I could be mistaken, but I'm almost positive. That I thought that's that that was her, like drawing attention person. herself, being clearly in line. Like I am clearly here establishing yeah. my presence, being a loud and obnoxious patron. You and know, then we find out. I could be wrong, but I 
think I'm pretty sure because well, they I, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone else comes in the bank. There's only like the one older guy who like worked for the bank who wasn't actually right. amongst the robbers. It was just pretending um, well, to be to be. There's hostage. literally no way to <laughs> there's no way ever to find out. know. We'll never know. If only there was some kind of I don't know database. Like, yeah, movies. some kind of an international um, like an, one. An, an, an international one. Not That's even a national movie database. An international Gosh, movie no, database. Clive Owen's international. We need it to be he international. Sure is. <laughs> Oh, Clavo. <laughs> um, uh, when Frazier opens the safe deposit box, he finds the ring and a note from Russell that reads, follow the ring. Follow the ring. Uh, Frazier confronts. And Juicy Fruit. And Juicy Fruit. A through line. Is and here fruit. our yeah. podcast. Mm, juicy Fruit. Frazier confronts Case and urges White to contact the Office of War Crimes Issues at the State Department about Case's war crimes. At home, Frazier finds a loose diamond in his pocket and realizes that Russell slipped the diamond in when they collided during Russell's escape from the bank. So now he can propose to I was about to say, and now he can propose with a really ritzy ring. Ritzy Nazi diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The casting director of Inside Man was Kim Coleman, an Emmy nominee for her work casting American Crime. Coleman has also cast such projects as Dear White People, Black Klansman, Harriet, Lovecraft Country, and the upcoming Space Jam A New Legacy. I was going to say, ooh, for all of those. And then that last title came up and I curled my lip up and went, ooh. Well, you know, you know, I mean, yeah, that's so many amazing People things. People are going to watch she cast. that. So. Uh, of course, of course. And I mean, I hope they enjoy. <laughs> I, I hope that there's not like whatever you know we'll do it on this on this show like wow did you know for Space Jam a new legacy uh they almost went with Roger Rabbit instead of Bugs <laughs> <laughs> how could they uh real quick before we get into casting before Spike Lee Ron Howard was supposed to direct this but Russell Crowe showed him the script for Cinderella Man and Howard was like great I don't want no I'm inside out. man I no. want that Cinderella Cinderella Man, man. Cinderella Inside Man Sinside <gasps> Sinside Sinside Inderella in Man um well workshopping it point is he did a different movie he, he did a different movie uh which you know great because Spike Lee makes it such it's just like such a New York film so it's so New many York. wonderful tiny details that's what There's, I think is the best thing about this movie is just all the small minute that, details that bit that little sequence where the first hostage who's released is mm. a Sikh man with a turban and there well the first one is that like big white guy that's oh that's, that's right the guy who has the like, heart attack or the well, seizure he's, I think he's pretending because well, he's going regardless, like regardless and as soon as he gets out he's just like let me go I'm one of the hostages hey 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 okay okay so the second hostage then yes 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 um, the Sikh man who comes out and they take off his turban and, and right. he is he is they're, they're sitting there afterwards he's just like give me my turban back give me my turban like it was this is so part of my religion yeah. Yes, it was so clearly a person of color behind the camera um, because it was totally. it was cringeworthy, but only insofar as the situation, so. yeah, yeah. not like me watching it going, ooh, ooh they really didn't do I know, this I, well. The second, because he, he's completely covered, as they all are with like the painters, the yes. mask and the hood, as soon as they take it off, he the guy says like, he, I forget if he, if he uses a derogatory term or if he's just like, I don't remember if he actually says like it's a terrorist or if he says I like it's a... I don't know. But regardless, it's like you're supposed to be like this poor man. And I love that whole 
scene uh, afterwards in like I think the back in the diner where Denzel was first right. getting Right, they're food like kind of yeah. like their uh, headquarters. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, Denzel and the the Sikh man that works in the bank. When that that whole scene was apparently improvised. So oh. like everything that he says, all the whole like you know I'm I work I'm a hostage and I'm getting treated like this. I, like I go to the airport, I'm treated like this. Mm. As was Denzel's retort of like i bet you can get a cab though and apparently spike lee had to hide himself because he was laughing so hard which is also like man if if this were if this were to be kelsey grammar that line would come across a little differently differently. i mean it's still like i was still like oh yeah but right of course it does read differently when it's yes denzel Denzel washington Washington. exactly exactly but yeah yeah, i i thought that was really good and it was there was so much in this film that was so indicative of like this was not just like some white dude behind the ron howard it was not ron howard has made some great films but that is not the person that i want making this movie no this felt very much like there were so many people of color all over this movie in a way that like felt reflective of how new york feels yeah and not just in a uh a looks not a not in just a cosmetic way like Absolutely. that moment yeah. to me is like yeah this is how this man is having to like get through his everyday life and in like one of the worst days of his life yeah. it's compounded when they then treat him like a suspected terrorist exactly exactly yeah uh, let's let's get into it. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I don't know nothing. <laughs> so we're going to kick it off with Madeline White. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Jodie Foster as the fixer. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, I'm going to say up top for this ep. I don't have a ton of choices for anyone, really, except okay. for Root and Toot and Rustle. Um, again, I love Clay Bowen. Um, However, I have some mm-hmm. thoughts. I understand that this role was necessary to the film, but was it? Yeah, it's a big question mark. I mean, th- th- this movie could have been like a tight 90, and this entire subplot with Jodie Foster and Christopher Plummer it, isn't there. Well, even with I, Christopher Plummer, yeah. I didn't feel like she was 100% necessary. It felt a little extraneous. I was glad to have her there. You think Christopher Plummer should have just been the one to go into the bank? And no, just, I just... I, I I'm know, I taking like, care of this myself. No, no, no. I feel like I, I you, you could have gotten to the twist at the end, and they could the cops could have still figured it out without mm-hmm. the interference of... I, I I feel like there is a version yeah. of this film without this role that mm. still works just fine. I agree. I agree. I was thinking as far as Root and Two and Russell, I was maybe I missed, but if there was like more of a personal connection with why he was doing yes. this yes. to Christopher Palmer. Even even it just literally just being like, oh, this character is blatantly Jewish and he is like has learned of this. Yes. Um, Whereas with Clive Owen, that's Clive not Owen, something that like I'm intuiting or also that it's not the script You want You want anywhere. those personal stakes in the game. And the same yeah. with like, like they add in with like this nice subplot with Denzel where he's suspected of like possibly yes. stolen all these millions of dollars. So he's kind of in the doghouse. So this is also a good way for him to gain back trust and favor within, uh, with his, his within superiors. Yes. So it'd be great. Like Jodie Foster, it just feels like, it's a fascinating character to me, but it feels like a character in a complete, it feels like, well, it's really very similar. It feels to Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction as Wolf, Mr. Wolf, mm. who just comes in to fix everything. He, another fixer who, and then then he's gone, but he's in the movie for like 15 minutes. Because I feel like she fixes things, but does she? Right. Well, it's, you know, it's, like at well, the end as, when he comes to the, to the ta- mm-hmm. table with the mayor and he's got the card and he's like war crime stuff. Yeah. I was like, 
wait, so what does this mean for her paycheck? And what is this? Right. What is, I, I, don't I was know, like, I don't know what this I don't is going to happen. I don't know next. unless it's just to it, like appeal to her sense of like, I mean, come on, Moral Jodie duty. Foster, yeah. Nazis, really? Um, because you got that great moment in the beginning where it's like Arthur Case is calling us. Like, is this a representative of Arthur Case or is Arthur Case calling? Yeah. So then in their like great little one where they're like walking and talking yeah. alongside the river uh, where she's just like, you know, you this is clearly something that you don't want anyone you work with to know about which means this is really bad yeah so if there was like whatever some some something that this meant to her of like oh if i do this for you i get x y or z or she clearly already has so much money right. so much influence right. like i didn't quite get other than like i like being good at my job you get that nice moment at the end where she like goes right through this bathroom like hey 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 and she's oh, like uh, i've got a I've meeting got an i got yeah. an appointment and she goes to him and i feel like you could have even i, I don't know you kind of want her to either turn to kind of turn against Christopher Plummer or that's your statement that you're making by being like she doesn't like it but that's still a paycheck a paycheck I can tell you what a monster I think you are exactly or I take your money right well there's the moment at the end where it's like oh yeah I'm finding like Saddam's nephew an apartment on Park Avenue and he's like huh if you really were doing that you wouldn't tell me and she's like I'm using you as a reference and his smile phase and she's like walks away to be like I do not care for you sir yeah and then but... he throws the checkbook <laughs> right and, and it, it falls does, and I it falls it. down i was like that's a good take whatever <laughs> that was but yeah i, I think my yeah. main problem with trying to cast this part is i'm like does anyone need to do this like, i hear that i it's it's yeah so so i wasn't feeling like any one particular way like oh my gosh you know who'd be great in yeah. this because i was feeling kind of like i'm confused as to why this is a hundred percent necessary to this script I hear you. Um, however, my one thought, and this is seemingly so random, I was like, okay, if it was made like today, um, and, and this is not someone who is as well known in film and television, but Marin Ireland, who is like a huge like theater actor, yeah. who I believe I saw her, she's, she's like in Hell or High Water and in Homeland. I don't right. know. She's in, uh, she's, I think she's in The Irishman. She plays, it's hilarious because Anna Paquin is Robert De Niro's like main daughter who literally has like five lines near the end of the movie. But Marin Ireland is his other daughter who has like a couple great scenes. And it's mm. like, who cares about this silent suffering daughter when Marin Ireland is giving you like some great, great scene stealing performance. I'm such a fan of hers. Like I've seen her in the New York theater scene so yeah. many times and she's tremendous. But you're, you want someone who has like that spine of steel right one thing that i think jodie foster does that's really interesting that is not necessary but works well with jodie foster is because she's got like her southern accent that she's using and she she just does that like little smile a lot of time yeah. she's just like i could tell you what a monster you are <laughs> but she's doing this little smile and you're like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. that's how you that. get through your life but like some people who are just more like well i'm not going to give you an inch an inch i'm like a, a like I have balls of steel for lack of a better way to put it you know totally. um, and I think someone like Marina I mean there's so many people yeah. who could do it yeah. but also I'm like um, hmm. well I'll say that this is what Jodie Foster said about why she did this movie mm-hmm. um, which I kind of love because it is feel I feel like you don't really get like very high class Jodie Foster you don't usually get this kind of Jodie Foster in movies in like a white suit with that yeah. sleek pony and that tanned and jewelry and like, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I kind of like that because it was very oh, different very different I thought she was great yeah yeah so, so Jodie Foster said that she saw the film at, mainly as an opportunity to collaborate with Lee explaining well, yeah. Spike is somebody who always fascinated me I mean Jodie Foster is also a director so of course also as a I mean as an actor alone but also as a director like, I can understand I me like I want to work with one of the best directors working today yeah. she said I've always loved his movies I've always wanted to be involved in something he's making. And she described her character as a woman with a relaxed kind of witty quality to her, 
all the while being very strong, not having to raise her voice very much, not having to yell at anybody. She's got authority. There's seductiveness, a charm, if you will, to her ability to get into people's psyches that's been immensely fun to play. It all went way too fast for me because she only filmed for three weeks. Yeah. Which is, you know, especially when that, you know, you, if you would have her long it takes to nail that one take with Christopher Plummer, yeah. it's like, and that great one take with Denzel. And I think there's another, another one, but there's that f- earlier one. Where they just, I loved it. It's just a two shot on her and Denzel, and they just let that camera run. And yeah. It's like, yes, please let your dual a, dub, Academy Award, double, yeah. double Academy Award, both actors have won two Academy act. Awards. Let them just act. And I loved it. I love being able to just go back and forth and be like, okay, There's what should I look at? What should I pay attention to? They're both sitting on the benches. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But he's playing the the pen tape for her. Right. And like it very, very, very slowly like moves in on them. But even so, it's like you never really get a close up. You're just kind right. of like letting them just let them do their thing. Act. Yeah. Yeah. And similar to Jodie Foster, I could see like the more obvious choices for this role, Kate Blanchett, totally. or if you can afford her, Meryl Streep. Uh, both of them obviously I mean, crossed my mind. Right. Yes. 100%. Now, she was she hadn't really hit at this point. She wouldn't hit for like another two years, I believe, speaking of Meryl. But knowing her chemistry with Denzel and Fences, imagine Viola Davis yes, as on. Madeline White yeah. of that. Ooh. But she is someone who also does like no nonsense in a yeah. way you're like. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah. I guess I gotta do what you tell me I know. to do. And then someone who I, is a, more of a left field pick because I've never really seen them get to do drama. But I was like, what if this was Julia Louis Dreyfus? Mm. I'm interested in that. She actually, to me, has bizarrely, and I, I don't know why, she has a similar quality in a lot of ways to Jodie Foster for me. Like insofar as like they're similar in age and i do buy her as a total no nonsense i mean knowing her and veep of that kind of like that wheeling and dealing like yes! okay i'm gonna exactly force myself like whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna choke on a bile to make this deal but choke i'm gonna do it bile. because yeah. it gets me my library it gets me like whatever my you know uh, yeah. uh legacy is even though she, she's selling out everyone around her and i'm like ooh, that's that quality that i think we're really good in this okay so let's get into it okay this is who was attached when Ron Howard was going to direct. Go on. Kate Hudson. No. <laughs> now, because the character was originally envisioned as much younger, when Howard left, they decided to age up the role, which I think was too much. Yes. If, if you have also this, like, whatever. I mean, I, I, in 2006, Kate Hudson was probably in, whatever, early 30s, late 20s. Because she's no. pretty young and almost famous. But almost famous. She's like it came 19, out in the 90s. In, no, no. It came out in 2000. And she's like 20 in that movie. Or 21. So she's either late 20s or early 30s in Inside Man. Okay. Gosh. Here's the thing. I love Almost Famous. And I love Kate Hudson and Almost Famous. But one of the things that make Kate... One of the things that makes Kate Hudson so successful and almost famous are exactly the things that make her completely unsuccessful <laughs> in just about everything else. You know? Yes. And instead of doing Inside Man in 2006, she would do You, Me, and... Dupree with Owen Wilson and Matt Dillon, which I have seen, and I don't know why I was subjected to see that film. I'm thrilled to say yeah. I've not. <laughs> have, and still, and never will, never, I would imagine. Why would will. Yeah. Why would yeah? But yeah, I think it was smart to age up the role. So we've got some picks that clearly were when Ron Howard was attached. So we've okay. got some younger women, and we got some women that are a little closer to Jodie Foster's age. Um, off the bat, we have uh, Rachel Nichols, who some people know. She was in Star Trek, the first Star Trek, the Chris Pine Star Trek, like G.I. Joe Rise, whatever. In 2006, she was in the middle of a 17-episode arc on Alias. So that's like, I don't know, if you just want someone who 
because it's before that Star Trek. That was 2009. So I think this was around the time of G.I. Joe. Regardless, this is not an actor that a lot of people know. Yeah. So that also gives you something. If you have an unknown in this role who's coming in, like Boston Denzel Washington yeah, around. As opposed to like, I've. I've got a couple Oscars. Like, right. like you, I can you handle need, these You scenes. need like a real, like this person is about to blow up as a star to come around and yes. boss around Denzel yeah. and Christopher Plummer, you know, yeah. and Root and Toot and Russell. Or you need someone who's like, or you need I've been well established Oscars. for right. 20 years. Please yeah. and thank you. Actually, I've been working since <laughs> I was two. I've been working since before you were born, Clive Owen. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was considered, which is, oh, sure. I, I love yeah, Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee. I always feel bad because it's always like, yeah, but Jodie Foster. Or yeah, but for these actors. Because yeah. um, she's great in the stuff that I see. I mean, her... In Hudsucker Proxy is one of my favorite comedic performances Fantastic. I've ever seen. Like, as a pastiche to Rosalind Russell and His Girl Friday, yeah. this fast-talking newspaper woman she does it brilliantly. is amazing. Actually, thinking about her doing, like, a less stylized version of that performance in yeah. this movie actually works I quite think, well. I think she'd be really good. It's I, I always just am like, yeah, but I think there'd be other actors yeah. that I'd rather see. Yeah. Um, but I do think that she could pull it off i think she'd be oh, great absolutely yeah apparently originally cast but had to turn it down was marcia cross who had conflicts with desperate housewives which is what pretty much everyone knows her from she's yeah. brie on desperate housewives which she was very good on is a very like that kind of icy no nonsense like yeah. well these are the rules so this is what we're going to do i have flat ironed my hair today <laughs> so this is what we are going to do I did not curl my hair for a reason. I am in my hair I, is inflexible, as I is my spine. Anti-curled my hair <laughs> to prove a point, which is you must take me seriously. Anti-curled my hair. Um, I, now this is an option I like. Now we're getting to some options I like here. All right. Jennifer Connelly auditioned yes. but turned it down. Yes, yes, yes. I can see Jennifer Connelly being like, absolutely. Look, if I'm gonna put my heart and soul and my guts into something, which is yeah. how I do everything. Yeah. Uh, this is not the one, but she would be excellent. She had a very busy, very heavy 2006. She was doing a Blood Diamond with Leo DiCaprio yes. and Little Children with Kate Winslet. Oh, where geez. she doesn't have they, she doesn't have and the heavy Patrick lifting. Wilson. Oh, let's never forget Patrick Wilson. No, <laughs> we can't underappreciate it. He was trending on Twitter a couple months ago. I was like, for what? Did he die? Oh. No, it was just people were like, you know who doesn't get enough appreciation is <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson is doing fine. Here's the thing. I used to not like Patrick Wilson because I found him so vanilla, so boring. I didn't see him because he started out big Broadway actor. Full Monty, Oklahoma. I saw him, though, in Barefoot in the Park with Amanda Peet on Broadway, which he was awful in. Wow. Sorry, Pat. I didn't see it. Um, but, Sorry, Patty boy. Right. But I always, anytime I saw him in movies, I was like, this just like human embodiment of vanilla ice cream um, until more re really Fargo season two of the show mm. he's in and he's great in it. I was like, Patrick Wilson. Okay. And now I'm much more like, okay, Patrick Wilson is going to give me something, something yes. good. And now when he I shows up, love I love Patrick Wilson, him in the Phantom of the Opera movie is oh. not his fault. In fact, I think he's the best thing about that movie. And that is not saying much. Ah. It's me, the Phantom of the Opera. Gerard Butler! Gerard Butler, I'm hiding under the opera. And Emmy Rossum, who has gone She's a baby. On... She's 17 years old. Yes, but here's the thing. I was going to college with 17-year-olds who sang better than that. So mm. I was very snobby right. at the time. 
And yeah. she's gone on to do much sure. better things, she but sure, it's just like she sure oh, has. Yeah, you, yeah. you know what? We'll we'll do Phantom of the Opera someday, <gasps> folks. There's there's a lot of fun <gasps> casting options for that. We'll definitely do that. I've not so seen it since the theaters on same. Christmas Day wow. when my brother and I my brother and I turned Merry to one Christmas. another at one point. We were like act break like when they're like looking up in the great i forget exactly when we, we just started to like uh, act like act break. like at the same time great 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 uh rachel weiss was oh, considered love love, love com- coming off of her she just won the oscar for constant gardener the previous mm-hmm, year which mm-hmm. she's so good in she's great in everything and she makes everything seem more important than it is which is i yeah. think a thing that jodie foster also does in this part is make me go this is important wait why is it yeah, exactly. Why do I care I'm, about I'm this? like, why do I? I don't. Right. Mm. And if it's someone else, I'm like, who is this yeah. fly buzzing around me saying <laughs> words as opposed to like, ooh, yes. Why, I, is this I, important? Know, I really like that movie Inside Man, but it was really weird when they cast a fly as that has that fixer. Was, I didn't get it. Remember that scene where, where Christopher Plummer was just like, uh, I, I can't share this with any of my close colleagues. So I had to hire you, a living fly. And they're like, buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. Um, it was weird, but... I kind of dug it. But it was like artsy. <laughs> it was kind of artsy. Um, we also have... Oh, hold up. Okay, okay, okay. That sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Madeline White. One was not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. And I'll tell you right now, this is our, clearly two of these people are clearly from back when Ron Howard was... Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for the hot tip. Your options are Rachel Lee Cook. Okay. Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, jeez. And Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they're all the same. Oh, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're all lovely. But they're all the same. Okay, wait. Rachel Lee Cook, Sarah Michelle Geller, and, and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. And J-Love. J-Love. <laughs> I don't know. They're all <laughs> such dreadful choices. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume he was mainly looking at blondes. So I'm gonna say Sarah Michelle is one of the truths, and we gotta get rid of one of these brunetskis. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna okay. say Rachel Lee Cook. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Uh, was I right about the brunette thing? You were not. Oh, Sarah Michelle. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar, as far as I can tell, was not considered. Who? Well, they're all terrible. Of, of those three, not I could see. Not terrible actors, terrible choices. Right. Of those three, I could see her the best. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook, I was like, what? But what? How? Why? How is she considered for this movie in 2006? Nothing against her, but it's just like the star had fallen from yeah. from the days of she's all that were long she gone. She was like, we're going to put some glasses back on her. Oh, boy. And now we're talking. Exactly. Uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt was offered the role, but turned it down because of conflicts with Ghost Whisperer. I... Uh... I have. Uh, oh. I, I I know. I know you're so distraught that Ghost Whisperer conflicted, so she couldn't do Inside Man. But I've got good news. She wasn't able to do Inside Man, but she was able to free up her schedule to work around Ghost Whisperer to do the hit sequel to Garfield, Garfield: A Tale of Two Kitties. I wish, listener, that I could describe Amy Jo's face. It is a mask of horror. <laughs> I have heard that Tale of Two Kitties is better than the first one because you add oh, in, good. well, you add in, I believe there's another cat that looks like Garfield voiced by Tim Curry. So they switch places and get up to some shenanigans. And hey, you had Tim Curry to your movie. That's it's, better than the first one. It is at least 75% <laughs> better than whatever you were doing before. 
I'm sweating. My face is red. I don't understand. There's flames on, on the, the side, side of, of your face. face. Which, by the way, Madeline White. Madeline Kahn. <gasps> oh, Mrs. Madeline Kahn? Let's Madeline do... Kahn is Madeline White. I love I'm it. I'm into it. I love it. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, that... I don't know why that upset me so much, but it really did. Oh, uh, so let's move on to let's, our please. favorite. Oh, root and toot and Dalton Russell. Dalton Russell. Uh, I mean, Joe, your thoughts on Clive Owen and who'd you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written next to Dalton Russell in all caps, GORGE. Also, question mark, American ellipses. Those are my thoughts Brilliant. on Clive Owen. Brilliant. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, if you want someone who is very similar but actually American. Mm. Oh. I was like, why not John Hamm? Ooh. He looks Weird. very similar. He's, he doesn't usually read Blue Collar. Yeah. Was two, did, Matt, did Matt Men start in 2006? Mm. I think this was like the first season pro- of Mad Around Men. that time. Yeah. So like he wouldn't have been well, sure, up for it. But... but like insofar as like who are people that like have a similar kind of like I've got rugged good looks and also you... maybe a dark streak. You're, you're going to be mad at them hiding Clive Owen's face and you're going to suggest we hide John Hamm's beautiful mug? If I'm honest, I think John Hamm is gorgeous, but Clive Owen is one of the prettiest people I've ever seen. Well, you just got that leftover Gosford Park love for him. Look, when I saw Gosford Park in theaters twice in high school, I was like, who the mo- is this the, guy? The movie ended and you had to go right and buy another ticket because you were like, I did not pay attention to anything going on in this movie. I was only staring at that who Clive is Owen. Who Robert Cox? <laughs> you know, Mr. Uh, Sam's British sure. Man. You know um, what? To each their own. Interesting. Interesting. John I Hamm. think I, John Hamm is yeah. lovely and uh, I wouldn't say no, but like <laughs> Clive Owen to me is like, that's yeah. one of the dreamiest faces I've ever huh? seen. Especially when they're like, I'm Dalton Russell, an American guy, but they look like, really make the blues pop, and you're like, when he's just staring oh! right down, he's staring right down the lens, right and down right the barrel, into and you're your like, eyes. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, moving along. Oh, you know who I think would actually be great in this is Bobby Cannavale. I have him on my list. You do, yes, because I was just like, he's just a more interesting choice he's to me. Someone who is, he's like... also got a a much more distinct voice. Yes. He's a, the, because he doesn't have to do it. He doesn't not doing an American well, accent. Well, that's, that's part of it. He's someone yeah. who's not doing an accent. Yeah. He's someone who, like, plays blue collar a lot. And so I, like, uh, unlike yeah. John Hamm, where it's, like, you know, even in, like, Baby Driver, where he's playing, like, a heist person. Yeah. He's still playing someone who is, like, quote, unquote, fallen from grace. You know, he's someone who's, like, well, I did right. work on Wall Street, but now yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. into drugs and blah, 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 you yeah. know. But, like, Bobby Cannavale is someone who is, like, this is kind of where I live. In yeah, a way that totally. I think would sit very easily on him. Do you imagine? I'm just trying to. I think the movie is so much fun, but I was like, just I just want like more of uh whatever, uh, like specific ties to yeah. this. But like, because originally I I was thinking like, which apparently he's not really practicing. But I was like, if you have like a very, if you purposely cast a Jewish actor, yes. um, which apparently Joaquin Phoenix is Jewish, and I was like, that's he's a certainly an a more squirrely interesting character yes, actor absolutely. than Clive Owen. Clive Owen, a great like leading man um, and can fit into supporting roles, but he still has that leading man quality about him. I'm used to swaggering about being exactly. number one on the clock. Exactly. Joaquin Phoenix can be a bit of a weirdo uh, as we yeah, know, but I think that would actually serve him well in this, but well, I was like, grow up in a cult, you know, true. But instead of the twist was that Dalton Russell winds up being Arthur Case's 
Shit, you want it to be or something grandson, like that. Or yes. great grandson. Like, Christopher Plummer's very old. I love Christopher Plummer. Not even um, nearly as old as he is in Knives Out. It's you true. Know? Well, but yes, that's how time works. same. <laughs> I was sure like does. looking at him sure and I was does. like, you yeah. don't look a day no. over. You don't look a day over 90. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 85. Uh, anyway. Um, but that was like, if that was the choice, like John Hamm and it's like, it's me, dad. You're like, <gasps> Gasp! Um, someone who I thought was kind of in between John Hamm and um and Bobby Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale mm-hmm. was Bradley Cooper. Yeah, so like that's yeah. someone who I was like he could exec- sure. execute the job just fine. Yeah, but I, I also I would want him doing his Rocket Raccoon voice. Uh, well, we always want that. his little Joe Pesci Rocket Raccoon. And then voice. I want him to sing. Uh, you know, shallow. I don't know. Oh, I see. I was like, you want to sing? I already, I already forgot about a star is born. He's just gone crazy, and that's what we we catch him. Lady doing as the Gaga first. as Root and Tune Russell. <laughs> and then uh, one more thought I had, if it was done like today, mm. would be like someone like Oscar Isaac would be. I great. mean. Of course. You know? I, I, the only reason he's not on my list is because I want to recommend him for everything. So I'm obsessed I know. Well, with that's Oscar why Isaac. I recommended yeah. him. I was like, uh, I, was well, like I bet you. he's on Jeff's list. Thank you. But I wonder if Jeff will mention it. <laughs> so I was like, I'll do of it. Of course. Of course. I mean, top of my list, British Clive Owen. Just allow him to not. Yes! If, if he's just British. British I think, Clive I think Owen. that makes his, his character and his acting uh, conservatively. Don't rustle. 50 times better. Yes. Um, or, easily. you know, if you're going to force a British actor to have an American accent, who's the one with the best root into an accent? Get Daniel Craig doing that foghorn leghorn from Knives <laughs> Out. I did think Tom Hardy, actually. Oh, also would be great. great. He's also, this. this is before he came back totally. into, into prominence, but absolutely. I mean, yeah, just interesting. Just, I love Clive Owen, but this is not where he lives he for does, me in an interesting manner. I'm like, what, what is it? When is is he in one of the Bourne films as an assassin? He's in that first one. Yes. He's like the operative in the Bourne yes. movie. So I like, like buy him lines. in that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I buy him in like a, a heisty spy esque situation. Of Espionage. That's the word for which I search. Yeah. I buy him in that kind of situation, but uh, it's just not quite the right. For- an mm. altruistic American robber is not what I want to see. From McClive. No, Do no, no. It. And you don't want to cover up that face. But yeah. I was also thinking, I was like, what you really want, because you're covering up the face, you need like a real distinct voice. And I was like, ooh, you know, he's got a great distinct voice. James Earl Jones. He sure does. <laughs> I actually thought you, because I was going to say James Spader. But I thought James you'd, Spader. I thought you'd guess because I was like, you were like, oh, James. And I was like, James Spader? I almost said it with you. And then I would have been very, very wrong. <laughs> been Can you imagine if I just guessed James Spader? Um... <laughs> Of That's course, James Earl Jones is an amazing voice. James Earl Jones is Arthur Case doesn't quite make sense. Um, uh, no, in, in no, no, no. Dramaturgically, um, no, no, no. it does uh, not make sense. No, but I just want James Earl Jones in more things. Put him in everything. Angela Lansbury is Arthur Case. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Angela Lansbury. How could you, Angela Lansbury? We believed in you. We were all rooting for you. I was the wife you. of Arthur Schindler, and I oh, didn't no. agree with what he did. <laughs> no. He, t- he was trying to sell the car. I said, no, no, try to sell his ring. I was like, don't you dare sell that ring. <laughs> Put it in the safety deposit box. You um, don't need to save one more. What difference does it make? Oh my evil Angelans. This has gone really this dark gone real off, fast. This has gone off the rails real quick. But James Spader. <laughs> James Spader has such a fantastically unique cadence and voice uh, and plays a great bad guy. So that's who I, that's who I thought. That's who I thought would have been a fun, uh-huh, fun uh-huh, as Root and uh-huh. Russell. Um, so, <laughs> I love that we've completely renamed him. Is that not his name? Oh. Uh, so Clive Owen nearly turned down the role. 
He said to play whole scenes where you're masked, you've got on sunglasses and you're wearing a hood is very weird because a lot of acting is often through intent and intent is shown through the eyes. To suddenly have that taken away and have this big barrier there was very disarming. However, he accepted the role after further discussing the part with Spike Lee. And the script was also revised to include scenes in which Owen's face could be shown. So I'm like, how much more could you cover his face? Like, wow. The scenes where he's not covered is really just that opening monologue. And then like, stuff where he's barely talking where he's yeah. just him and the robbers and he's just literally like but i guess if you're someone who is primarily a film actor you're like you're taking away all my tools well, of course if you're from yeah. the stage darling <laughs> you're used to using the whole bar this, this is very true. oh well you know you know another actor who uh did a whole role mask never saw his face um who's actually also this is actually also a good choice ben mendelson because he's now more popular and makes a great great bad guy we all know him from rogue one and from whatever ready player one other ones also good movies, um, but he's also in the movie Trespass with Nicolas Cage and Nicole Kidman, right. where they get all these guys robbing their house, I and he never takes off his mask. you were going to say Leo for Man in the Iron Mask. I wasn't planning to. Well, that's just what sprang He also does not wear mind. that mask the whole movie. But then he's got a lot of hair in his face. He does, but you know what? Maybe his Man in the Iron Mask co-star, Jeremy Irons, as Dalton, or John Malkovich. There's so many options that aren't Clive Owen. This is true. That's right. I'm a rootin' tootin' Russell. Russell. Give me the diamonds. I never repeat my words, so listen carefully. <laughs> I'm sorry, Spike, but uh, I don't see why I have to sit in this box wearing this Garfield mask for this shot. Oh, so sorry, John, but Denzel was worried that you might be sexier than him on camera, so he had to cover you up, John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let's get into it. So, oh, hold on a second. That sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy oh Except. Oh my gosh. Except this time, there's only one other person who is up for Dalton, Rootin' Tootin', Russell. So it's going to be Two Lies and Some Guy. Okay, okay, okay. One of the following actors was up for Dalton. The other two were not. Your options are, ahem. Denzel Washington, oh, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> or Chiwetel Ejiofor. You are kidding me. Who was considered? Who is some guy? I'm going to go the guy they considered was Chiwetel. That is incorrect. Oh, Denzel. Spike Lee offered Denzel his choice of the two lead roles, and he chose Frazier because... Similar to Clive Owen, his face wasn't covered that much in the movie. So he was like, uh, I'm sorry, Spike, you want me to do what now? You want, you want to cover you want up me to this wear face? A fabulous have hat? You, have, or you seen, you want me... have you seen this mustache I just grew? You want to cover that bad boy up? <laughs> um, Fascinating. But now that blows this movie wide open to me. Because yes. if Denzel was like, you know what? I do want to play back. Oh, cover up my face. I like this challenge. Then. Who the heck do you cast as Frazier against Denzel Washington? Do they bump up Willem Dafoe? I don't know. Willem Dafoe, this was, I feel like, before Willem Dafoe was really... I mean, now there's, like, the defoe essence where Defoe is now, well, after Florida Project and At Attorney's Gate, and, like, Defoe was, like, popping up in bigger roles. when was he in Spider-Man? That was 2002. But that's still not... You're not having Green Goblin and then leave the film. I mean, similar to, like, whatever, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. It's like, he's not... You're going to put him as the lead against Denzel. I don't know. Um, but let's, I think we kind of have to tie this right into talking about Denzel as Keith Frazier. It has to be done. Of who 
I mean, in general, but really specifically, if Denzel is Dalton Russell, who do you then put as Frazier? Because here, here are my thoughts. Okay, just, try, just, just trying to think of people to go up against Denzel. Wow, 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 wow. Which, Don Cheadle. Yes. Lawrence Fishburne. I was just thinking. Um, I Larry. Think we're like the two big ones that came up to me. One who I kind of think it works because he's like nowhere near as big a name as Denzel, but it's such great authority. Andre Brower. Oh, he's big, yes. t- you know, st- homicide life on the street. Of course, now Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he's never he's he's popped up in movies, but he's never been that level. Even no. even him is like Captain Darius is like still like oh wow that's that good for you Andre Brower in two thousand six. He just has never really broken in, and he's so so good. Yeah, and I kind of want to just see him yelling at Denzel Washington and them getting into it. Yeah, uh, I kind of like I kind of mm. like, and I was like, if this was you go very different with it because you got Denzel as yeah. Dalton. Yeah. I was like. I would want like who's who's like a cop who's like kind of sweating because like they think I stole this money and like everything's kind of going. My wife wants me to propose. My girlfriend wants me to propose. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yes, someone who Actually, I think can the, absolutely the two command of them together, the screen. Yeah, they can hold their own. That's very interesting. Yeah, those those were my main thoughts. Um, but yeah, and before before I get into Denzel talking about his role as Keith Frazier, what uh, do you have anything off the top of your head? No, uh, yeah. here's the thing, Denzel. And Chiwetel together. Such a good... So good. And and speaking of Brits doing American accents, if I didn't know who Chiwetel was... Yeah, great American accent. I would have zero, zero clue that this guy wasn't American. I think him or Will Foe would have been better choices as Dalton Russell. Imagine Chiwetel as Dalton Russell. It'd be so good. It's fantastic. It'd be so good. He's so good. Um, The two of them together are so fun, so dynamic. that's the twist, that he's playing twin brothers, so he can still play... Denzel's number two. Oh, I'm not because <laughs> I don't want to lose it. that great, great, no. great back and forth. Like my uh. one thought of like, well, if we're making this like 10, 15 years later, is like mm-hmm. maybe the Chiwetel role is played by Denzel's son, John David, John Washington, David Washington. I mean, you know, who's great, I and mean, also, you know, we've yeah. seen him. I mean, now he's leading Tenet. That he's he's leading Inside Man. If they make it today, well, you I, know? okay, you're right, you're right. You know, I'm just thinking age wise. Well, there's your twist, John David Washington as. Frasier and Denzel is Don Russell and it's like dad it Listen, was you dad. the whole time get out of that bank dad <laughs> dad take that Garfield mask off and get out of that box <laughs> dad gosh I just try to clear my name and get to like esteemed detective what is that wait it's like a real what is it called like when he gets first 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 grade uh, I think first grade something like, something that. like that not esteemed <laughs> esteemed um that's esteemed detec- a detective I have a lot of knowledge a <laughs> lot of knowledge and dad, none of it is about this dad you can't ground me you're robbing this bank what you got no authority in this situation son go to your room oh dang it dang it ah why do I keep listening to him <laughs> <laughs> another thought I had is if they were making it in the interim between then and today like I mean there's so many people who are so great but um you know, like Common came to mind as oh. someone who he's, I think. Wait, a, for Dolan or for Frazier? Kind of depends on at yeah. what point in the 15 years we're talking about. But I, I think you. if we're doing it today, actually, he'd be great. He's Thomas like Frazier, a little older. Yeah. Well, he's he's a, yeah. I think, a really interesting actor. I've seen him in a few things. Right. I mean, made today, made, yeah, made today, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I, 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 I think, well, is yes, an incredible, no, he's incredible choice. It, you know, right, and then right, maybe, right, but, right. but I think age-wise, if, if yeah, we're just looking at age, you know. But I think he'd be great, you know, and I totally like buy him as. As, as like a beat cop. Oh, no, yeah. they're not beat cops. Right. Uh, as a detective. As a hostage negotiator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Completely <laughs> the opposite of what I said. Well, um, just walking my beat, negotiating my, negotiating hostages oh, whenever, wherever I, I see them. to encounter. I, whatever I happen to encounter. On the street corner. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Denzel cited his 
Broadway performance as Brutus in Julius Caesar as inspiration for this role, stating, Mm. I think it actually helped me prepare for Frasier. Russell's script is heavy with great dialogue. My character does a lot of talking. I kind of thought of Frasier as Brutus goes to Brooklyn. For me, there's a certain rhythm and cadence of New Yorkers, and this gave me the opportunity to play a New York kind of guy who's going through a lot while dealing with this smart and challenging adversary, which I thought was very interesting. Because this was like right around. He like just finished playing Brutus when he then shot this because he's already in New York. Why not? Uh, all right. Now, we've mentioned him quite a bit on our love for him, Chiwetel Ejiofor, mm. uh, as Detective Bill Mitchell. I, I just want to bring him up again because he'd worked with Spike Lee previously on this movie, She Hate Me, which is regarded as one of Spike Lee's worst movies. Huh. But it starred Anthony Mackie. And I was like, also someone who is great mm, in yes. this role as Bill Mitchell or as Root and Toot and Russell. Yes. Anthony Mackie, I think, Absolutely. also could be great. Um, and made today is like, why not as Frasier? Why not? Because I want Anthony Mackie as more lead roles. I'm very excited for this Falcon and the Winter Soldier spinoff show coming to Disney Plus with him reprising his role from the Captain America movies where he seems to be like taking over the mantle of Captain America. But it seems like it's like the government's like, uh, no, 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 we're going to have this new hero like U.S. Captain agent. USA. Captain USA. Exactly. Pretty much that. So it feels like it's going to be a season of him being like, actually, no, I do want the mantle. I am going to be Captain America. And that's all that I want. Yeah. Um. So he's great. So I was like, oh, yeah, Anthony Mackie. Right, 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 right. right, 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 right. But uh, though he would have been good as Bill Mitchell, I love Chiwetel so much he's in this. He's so good in this. So good. Oh, I love Chiwetel. I mean, I'm like, I'd seen him in a few things, but then, like, obviously, I worked on Kinky Boots for many years. So, like, yes, because he is he, in the movie of Kinky Boots. He plays Lola. He's Lola. So, he's also, like, to me, um, I thank him for, even though it's not his job directly that led to it, like, I thank him for having given me a job on Broadway <laughs> for seven years, however many years I he mean, did that. I mean, if he did not give that Golden Globe nominated performance, I want to say, I don't think he Does won. Does Billy Porter win a Tony? Because, you you know, speaking of casting options, Mm -hmm. you know who else was up for Lola and Kinky Boots was Michael Sheen. In the movie? Yes. Whoa. Because Annalie Ashford did Masters of Sex with him. And, like, you know, they're filming something when she's like, oh, I'm going to go and do do Kinky Boots. He's like, oh, do you know I was up for that? She's like, are you kidding me? Like, the fact that they clearly were, like, open to whatever and then sculpted the script around whoever they had. Right. It's just like, can you imagine? I can't. I really can't. I love Michael Sheen. Love Michael Sheen. Cannot imagine that. Very different film. But also, that means, like, does that mean that Lola is definitely black? Probably not. Uh, Yeah. You're right. You're, you're right. And so instead, we have, like, a, a gay black lead, yeah. you know, and it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. You know, and almost Absolutely. starring. It's exciting <laughs> to think about what could have been and how where we are instead. <laughs> I think this is our first time so far in the show, Amy Joe, that you're telling me about someone that was almost up for a role in a movie. Not Jeff. the movie we're doing, but still, Jeff. I am impressed. I know. Things. If I had a cap, it would be doffed <laughs> to you. <laughs> tip your headphones at me, laddie. I, I tip me headphones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Christopher Plummer, of course, as uh, Arthur Case, old plummy plummy. I Who's truly, great? I, I'm like, who else? No, that's, Ian, that's Ian McKellen is like really exactly, the only other person in this role. Exactly right. I, I like who has, wrote the thing. I was like, who right. else? Who and else? the thing, again, like we've spoken to previously, the thing about Christopher Plummer is we already associate him with a major Nazi movie that like <laughs> was a big that's, hit. Whenever I see him, I'm always like, oh, Christopher Plummer from the big Nazi movie. <laughs> The Sound of the Nazis. Oh, the Sound of Music. What a great big Nazi movie. It is a great big Nazi movie. But um, the point is, I think that it was actually really smart casting to be like, who is an esteemed yeah. older actor who yeah. also people 
associate with that time period who like yes it's you know, true just yeah. like it calls on on um like like having jodie foster instead of i don't know some unknown it's like we associate more authority with her because we're like exactly. well, i've seen her in a lot of things christopher totally. Plummer, someone is like oh yes and they're like <gasps> yeah it, it, it is he what... fraternized with nazis like it means more yeah it, that is like the baggage that actors bring with them is that is how we define them if we define yes. them from like one specific role then it's hard not to shake that if, if you're like if you're known for yeah. playing villains it's hard to be like whatever once gary oldman was that's it worked great as serious black because you're like yes. oh gary oldman he's always the villain and you're like oh he's act the twist is that he's yeah but that's a thing that works well because yeah. with that character you think he's evil until you find out that he isn't exactly like that's but it's it's about being smart about how you use yeah. that baggage and i think this is an example of where they did that really really well i agree and yeah it's really that's the two i can think of like that also has that yeah. like that that just that gravity that because there's other whatever it was like 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 a Martin Landau or like whatever that great there's great actors even like yeah. like Patrick Stewart is like great but it's not no it's not quite right quite you, right it, it, it's not quite right it no. really is the two of them maybe if he had been a little older like Alan Rickman but even then he's a little too young yeah, he's so he's way well, too especially way in, too in 2006 young. like yeah, way yeah, too yeah. young you know yeah. but like, I hear but I hear you but yeah it's it, you yeah. need someone who you believe founded a bank in 1948 exactly you look at Christopher Palmer you're like you could be 60 to you 90 and I would ageless. believe it <sighs> like how Maggie Smith has been playing like 90 since she was 60 and she's like well this is my lot in life but it means that she can play that yeah. and variations of that for 30 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's been playing 90s since the 1890s. <laughs> yes. You know who occurs to me as someone else who doesn't bring the same kind of prestige or mm-hmm. baggage, but who also would have been good as Charles Dance? Yes. That's yeah. that's an actor who looks like... I think someone who's also... He's not old enough, but no, he... No, yeah, what, but yeah. you want someone who brings that yeah. kind of like, I can act it and also I like believe you to be kindly and sinister at the yeah. same time that's a, yeah. a strong charles dance move. i 100% agree on that front I, I like christopher Plummer because you're like charles dance is also now so known as tywin lannister where he's the worst thing you Thrones. know what i missed was game of uh, thrones you, you, you missed it. and you know what good for you because i wish i'd missed those last two seasons i've missed everything um, except for gwendolyn christie's scenes you I, should, I would show i would occasionally show you scenes where i'd be like okay here's a great scene with gwendolyn christie where all these men knight her no, and no, everyone no. cries i did an entire comedy you, set yes, <laughs> on Gwendolyn Christie as a knight before that final season and then when and I in the whole thing I was like is she a knight don't tell me I don't want to know to me she is I've never seen this show I don't care and then, and then they actually they did her. that to, and it was I so I was like fortuitous. when Jeff showed me that like the day after that it happened I was like I hope that everyone who was in the audience that night at that random comedy show in a basement on the Lower East Side thought of me <laughs> uh, I hope they kept me in their thoughts um we have we've mentioned him captain john darius old willem dafoe uh, according to spike lee he and willem dafoe met in the men's room during the intermission of julius caesar on broadway Come with Denzel. On. and as they were standing side by side in the men's room spike said we should work together and dafoe replied yeah spike we should and that was it. Then he just called Willem Dafoe later. Was like, "Hey, uh, you want to do this role? I love it. Got to fill this role inside, man. Man, I can't wait till my <laughs> career reaches a point 
where I'm standing at the urinal next to some guy. <laughs> He's like, you might be waiting a bit for that, but I, I'm pretty sure. How did how did you get your job as dialect coach for Kinky Boots again? Because oh, you so work right. out at the same yes. gym as the director. <laughs> I was literally rolling out a glute on a lacrosse. Ball. Your own glute, yes. Cover, my own glute. Oh, okay. I see. Yes, you're right. I had a lacrosse ball under one of my glutes. I was drenched in sweat. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning, and Jerry Mitchell did basically ask me to do this. You're so right. You know what? It's basically the same thing it, I stand corrected um, I remember like calling someone on the walk home from the gym being like I I think I just got offered a Broadway show I'm not sure though because I haven't showered today like, <laughs> I'm still focusing on my glutes I just did uh, a bunch so of funny. burpees and I, so I don't funny. know um, here's my thing I love 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 Willem Dafoe and he's so good in an antagonist role but this feels like a weird fit. It didn't feel amazing. I thought he was fine, but it didn't feel like yeah. the whole world felt uh, um, inevitable. He doesn't. Re- I mean, he him him at playing Max Shrek as a real life vampire and Shadow the Vampire. That makes sense to me. Him yes. as the Green Goblin, where I'm literally a big old goblin. Uh, sure, makes sense. Him as like I'm tough New York cop is a little weird. So I've got. I'm just gonna rattle through them. Give my list of people that I thought, even though I love Willem Dafoe, who I think would have done a little better, John Goodman. Oh, yes, yes. J.K. Simmons. Oh, yes. Alec Baldwin. Oh, wow. Ray Liotta. Oh, well, there we go. We need that violin. And James Gandolfini. Yes. All one. 2006, any of them, I think. Good job, th- Those are guys that are given. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wow. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hello. Oh, who are all these people? Oh, my goodness. Wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. But it's just, yeah, that certain, like, set in their ways New York cop. Like, I didn't mean to be saying that racist thing. That's I, just how I've talked since I was five. I think living that's in the what Bronx. it is. Whereas, like, Willem Dafoe, you're, like, there's a slight creep factor because of his face, which I, I look, as someone who has struggled for years with, like, the, the idea that, like, you have to, like, take what it is that makes you most uh, unusual and know that that actual, like, wear, like, a badge that of is honor. Your and that suit. is going to gonna be what's gonna like set you apart like i'm surprised they gave him a mask in spider-man he already looks like a goblin (laughs) and i mean that in the best possible way it's true you know you look at someone who's like i have like an unusual face so how do i use that to make money yeah and and he's he's done that quite well but i think that yeah it's like fine here even steve buscemi would have maybe been a little bit better in this part sure. but even so i think i'm more interested than anyone eh, else maybe buscemi's list. fargo co-star peter stormare that that okay. I, like, sure, 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 I, sure. I hear you with buscemi i mean i hear like oh michael shannon he's, <gasps> no, he's a little there we go i forget when he like really started breaking out but uh, he, you know what I think that's enough time. I think 2000, oh, 2006, it might actually be the year no, that Bug young. came out. Yeah, he's a little... I mean, he's still in things, but he's not of something of that no. level. He'd be one of the other cops. He'd be the cop that knocks off the Sikhs. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get into our final thoughts. Amy Joe, anything we haven't touched on or gotten to yet? Yes, I would like to mention that it was very exciting to me to see the actor Daryl Mitchell in this film. Yes. So Daryl Mitchell, I know primarily from the film. Do you have his character name? Do you remember who he played? I don't have the character name. I'll look it up. Look at well, you look it up. Yeah. So Daryl Mitchell, I primarily know from two '90s films, <laughs> the Steve Martin-led Sergeant Bilko, in which he plays like the the number two, and Galaxy Quest, where he plays um the character who like drives the ship, who was a kid when the show was quote unquote on the air, and now as an adult. Two beautiful comedic performances. He's so funny. Uh, you have the character name? Oh uh, yes, Officer Rourke. 
great. But yeah, D- Galaxy Quest, incredible. Oh my gosh, incredible. so good. So in, I think it was 2001, he was in an accident on his motorcycle that left him paralyzed from, I believe, the waist down. But I, I remember reading about it at the time and, and you know, yeah. he was someone that I just, he's so funny. Um, but I, I saw him in this movie, I was like, wait a minute. That's the actor from Galaxy Quest. Right, you right. Know? And I know that he, I knew that he had been acting you again. You clocked him at like, the camera was like a, like a weird angle, this a, like a quick shot of the side of his face. And you were like, stop the film. I can't really tell you how many times I've seen both Sergeant Bilko, which I saw in theaters and we owned on VHS. And we watched wow, wow, wow. a lot in my house. And galaxy quest mm. you know and mm-hmm. so it's like i was very familiar with this actor's face yeah so i was yeah. like oh my goodness is that that guy um and then i i like looked him up on wikipedia and like um it one of the things that it said was like after his accident like several of his friends one of whom is denzel were very instrumental Amazing. in encouraging him and getting his career back on the road and so like looking at this film and being like well yeah i'm sure denzel was like um could you hire my friend who just because he's in a wheelchair doesn't mean that he can't do this part yeah i think that's so great yeah i mean and people i mean not i but whoever does whoever's been watching ncis new orleans and i'm sure someone has been watching 14 he's been he's done 127 episodes as Patton plame um oh as as daryl Chill Mitchell. Chill. That's how he's credited at IMDb. He's cred- <laughs> apparently for NCIS New Orleans, he's credited as Daryl Chill Mitchell. Hey, uh, which I think is great. And I'm so glad that he is making that TV money. Yeah. I think that's great because that is such a tragedy. And but he's, he's apparently be become to... um, like uh, very involved with both the Christopher Reeve uh, Foundation that, oh, he, that wow. Christopher Reeve and, and Christopher Reeve's wife right, uh, right, right. Uh, founded. And like he set up his own foundation to just basically like encourage oh. like hiring actors with disabilities. Because yeah. it's like. Yeah, this actor's phenomenal. I don't even know. Well, I can't really remember at this point if, like, we even see that this actor's in a wheelchair. You just see him seated. I don't think we do. So, like, what's the difference? Yeah. So many actors who are playing small parts, it's like, yeah, they're going to be sitting at a desk. Yeah. What does it matter if this actor can walk or not? Like, cast totally. Them. And I just, Absolutely. I, I found that very uh, inspiring. Yeah, not insp- yeah, yeah. Inspiring no, is. No, is it, no, it is inspiring. I know, but I know that's not language we should really be using okay. with regards to, like, folks with disabilities. But I mean, like, I, I gotcha. found it. I'm I inspiring found it for Hollywood. Yes. That was inspiring that Hollywood gets out of its own butt yes. occasionally nowhere to, near as much yes to occasion that's what i mean not for him for no, him no, no. good on it's him a day so happy work. for him exactly yes. exactly exactly that's, that's yeah. what I, mean. I i found yeah. it maybe i uh, encouraging maybe is the better word yeah. like we can hire an actor who is paraplegic and that does not prohibit him from delivering this job in an aces way so that's that was my Love main it. final thought because i was very excited oh my other final thought <laughs> that i've written at the top of this uh-huh. page it took me months to realize Jeff just started this podcast to get me to watch movies with him. <laughs> As we're sitting watching Inside Man, I was like, this was all a ruse this whole time. Listener at home, she's on to me. <laughs> oh, well. well, you got me, Jackson. It only took six months. It only took however four many. months, five four, months. Four months. Yeah, Gosh, I think I can't four months. Keep track we're on episode question mark. I don't know. We started releasing on my birthday, which is yeah. June second, but I we started recording mid May. Eighteen. It is. Uh, yeah, Working Girl was last week. That was episode seventeen. That was Jeez. our eighteenth episode. Well, I mean, sure. I'm just thinking of all the podcasts that I know that have hundreds and hundreds of episodes. To, to, be, to be at like, we've recorded, this is our 18th whole episode. Yeah, One but... day we'll look back, Amy Joe, and we'll go, wow. 
Remember when we were impressed by 18 episodes? And look at us now at 23. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So here's my final, here's my final uh, little piece of trivia. One other, uh, or two other actually uh, interesting little casting tidbits from this film. Marsha Jean Kurtz plays Miriam, one of the bank robbery hostages. She is the one, the one who's like, does not want to strip. And then the one that like Denzel is like, are like, oh, but but you, you robbed the bank though, right? To like make her like laugh and kind of terrify her. Right, right, right. like, they made a strip. And Lionel Pena, who delivered the pizza to the hostages. So over 30 years earlier, Marsha Jean Kurtz played Miriam, a bank robbery hostage in Dog Day Afternoon. And Lionel Pena delivered the pizzas. No, I just got chills. <laughs> well, obviously they did that on purpose. I'm pretty sure they didn't know. It's Dog <laughs> I'm Day kidding. Afternoon. I am obviously kidding. Clearly they knew and clearly it's a reference to that. But what a fun reference. That's so good. I think that's so delightful to be like, hey, you're still working as an actor. We'd love to have you. In this movie, in this as a callback hostage to hostage heist film from thirty, I think at that point thirty one wow. years ago, ninety seven, I think seventy five, seventy five is Doug the Afternoon, so thirty one years prior, she played Mary. She, uh, I, I loved it. She was like, great, thirty years in the business, still playing a bank robbery hostage named Miriam. And he's like, hey, you're telling me at least you got lines. I'm delivering pizzas over here. I'm still delivering pizzas. That's wonderful. Mom, I got another movie. Like, oh, let me guess, delivering more pizzas. To hostages well, in a bank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't seem to achieve nothing, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Just working with Pacino and Denzel. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I think that's actually what you'd have to do. If you have Denzel as Root and Toon Russell, you get Al Pacino as Frasier. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, but he... actually, it's not a bad idea. It's just a shocking <laughs> idea. But it's also, I think, really fun to be like Pacino's. I mean, famous for so many things, but one of his famous roles playing Dog of the Afternoon, That's of being true. a bank. So then, if he's a hostage Robert. negotiator, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Okay, Jeff, you've I... thought about this. I, well, I thought about it in this moment, <laughs> and by thought about it, I mean in in your dreams. I don't know. Like you've thought about it over the course of years of just mulling over films like a real nerd. You know me so well. I do. <laughs> Amy, Joe, Jeffrey, what are you recommending this week? Okay, so I have recently become hooked on uh, Phoebe Robinson's new pod. Phoebe Robinson from Two Dub Queens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For those of you that uh, are not familiar, get familiar, okay? Um, <laughs> she has a new podcast called Black Frasier, and it is, as you would expect from any offering by Phoebe Robinson. Uh, by Black Frasier, you mean Denzel's character in this movie. <laughs> didn't even do that intentionally black fraser but with an s not a z as he would let you know oh my gosh so so uh well i no i meant that yes um she's so funny she's screaming funny and she has great guests on has great conversations like in-depth convos uh she's had like abby jacobson on her most recent ep at the time of us recording this is uh someone called michelle obama maybe you've heard i'm i feel like i've heard of them hey michelle obama is madeline white (sighs) michelle obama can do anything anytime and i will be like a thousand percent thank you yes um it's it's a great i mean every episode that i've listened to is delightful hilarious and also like insightful and the the episode with michelle is incredible like and very inspiring and made me feel a little bit better about the state of the world 
Anyway, so I highly encourage uh, Black Fraser, Phoebe Robinson, again, like you can't, you cannot go wrong. She will make you laugh and guffaw and maybe right. feel better or more complete yeah. about certain issues because they're like talking about serious issues every yeah. episode uh but in a way that because it's often like comedians who are abby jacobs jamila jamil like uh hassan minaj like they're yeah. great uh can't recommend wow. it strongly enough i've become obsessed in the like week and a half that i've been listening to it and so should yeah, yeah. uh jeff uh image what you recommending this week I was trying to think of like, oh, there's a heist bank robbery movie. What's what's some other heist movies that I like that mm. the people, the good people at home might not know about? And I want to recommend 2015's Victoria, uh, this German film that is notable for being one take, legit one take. Eat your heart out, Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Keep moving, Birdman. Flap away, Birdman. Flappy flappy. Step aside. We rope. got a real one take, and this movie is two hours and eighteen minutes long. Jeez. It is a yes. It is a about a young Spanish woman who has recently moved to Berlin and finds her flirtation with a local guy turned potentially deadly as their night out with his friends winds up morphing into a heist film that she gets wrapped Ooh. into. And it's so well thought out. It just has, it, it's a great slow burn movie. Slowly, slowly builds that tension. And you're like, oh, just having this like night out with these German friends until it slowly curdles. And you're like, oh, she's getting herself into a situation she don't want to be in, but so good. She is great. Her, uh, the, that main actor is Laia Costa who's popped up in uh in some other things. You know what, listener at home, you can look it up. Regardless, you know what? You've got you, the internet. You, you got that internet. If you've got access to this, <laughs> you can use Google. You're probably listening on your phone or on your computer. And it, both those things, they got the Google. You're probably like media layering as we speak. So just <laughs> do it now. How many tabs do you have open, listener? I counted the other day. Are you even listening to us? What are you doing? Are you cooking? I had. Are you on a walk? 67. <laughs> oh Tabs. I thought that I was like, well, I probably got like 30 tabs open and I counted and I was humbled oh. to learn 67. <laughs> this this is one of uh, because uh, we are I, I'm so grateful to be married to you. I'm a joke. Oh, I, gosh. I, think, I think we fit together so well as a couple, but also we fit together because we're we, there's so many different differences between us. And like I am sweating, imagining having 30 tabs open when I have seven tabs open. I am uncomfortable. But the thing is, if I close a tab, how will I remember to read the article? And whereas I would just read the article. But what if I don't have time? I'm a busy person. Even in a pandemic, I've got just stuff to do. I could save the article. I'll save it to my phone. But also things like, I'm like, oh. I'm not trying to tell you to not have 7,000 tabs open. I'm just saying that that is terrifying 7, to me. 7,000? Just 67. I'm sorry. It's just 67. Sometimes you just want to be like, wait, I don't want to have to go looking for that YouTube video of like um, uh, uh, the <laughs> library with wind noises and fire crackling. And then I'm like, ah, oh, it's already pulled up and I can click on that, which is Because you don't want to be trying to search for it and be like, oh, no, this is the conservatory with a thunderstorm. You're that's not that. what I wanted. Like it's not legit a concern. There's one that's like... Autumn noises, including pumpkin seeds. And like, that's a real... I'm sorry. Wait, including pumpkin seeds. Yeah. How do you hear pumpkin seeds? Are they, like, hitting hitting against the window? 
No. Jeff, there are multiple ways you can hear pumpkin seeds. Here's one. They're gutting the pumpkin and you're like, ooh, squishy pumpkin seeds. I'm, my then mistake. they are roasting. Oh, and then I haven't gotten that far in into that three hour track. But I have heard the gutting the pumpkin. But you, and you, the you roasting but you know what? Seed. You got the tab open so you can go right back yes, and listen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You've got to be prepared. Let's end on that. Folks at home, <laughs> you got to be prepared. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. And you can find us on Facebook at andalmoststarring. And if you do follow us on Facebook or Instagram... It's a great way to find out what film we'll be doing next week. Ooh, mystery revealed. Every Saturday, we reveal. If you want to watch in advance, you want to be one of the cool kids, gotta got, go check out the face. The, 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 book, the face? The book the, the, book the face? The, the five book of the gram. Uh, you and, can also yeah. give us a rating oh, on sure iTunes or truly anywhere so that others can also share the joy that is hitting your eardrums at this exact moment. And uh, which I didn't outside of that opening intro, I didn't get back into how great Denzel's line reading is because his like main scene with Clive Owen uh, where he's, you know, whatever it's Clive Owen's like, oh, you're making a proposal for this. And he's like, oh, please don't talk to me about proposals. My girlfriend's begging for proposal. And they talk about that. And Clive Owen's like, well, then, you know, if you love her, money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't have a ring. And he goes, thank you, bank robber. (laughs) (laughs) I have that written down in my notes. So if you want this to be the episode, so we know that this is the episode that made you give us a five star review. Just go. Thank Thank you, you, bank bank robber. robber, Five five stars. stars. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, I'm rooting, tooting, ronin. Oh, um, (laughs) rooting, tooting, jonin. Crushed it. And thanks for joining us to see (laughs) who almost starred. (laughs) 